Hello, neighbors, and welcome to Tears for Peers, a tier ranking podcast where we rank anything and everything. This podcast is brought to you by the STVN Network and listeners like you. Thank you. We hope you enjoy today's program. Hey, neighbors, this is Steven, and welcome to episode three of Tears for Peers. We would like to thank Matt for being on episode two, where we ranked all of our favorite and not so favorite breakfast foods, and we all agreed that grapefruit is probably among the worst breakfast food. I mean, it's just disgusting. Um, so thank you, Matt, to, for being on uh, the show. We really appreciate it. And today, I would like to introduce my really good friends, Cash and Joe, onto the show. So how are you all doing today? What's up, Steven? How are you? Doing great. How are you doing, Cash? I'm doing good, man. Awesome. Good to hear. How about you, Joe? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Doing great. Thanks. So today um, we are going to be ranking the Pokemon generations. So we are going to be doing this in honor of the Diamond and Pearl remakes that have come out this past Friday. No. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, They came out this past Friday because we're doing it in the future or the past or however (laughs) that works because time isn't isn't real. Um, So uh, we're doing it in honor of those games. Um, So we're looking forward to them. And uh, basically how it works is we take a category or topic from the community find things within that category and then rank them on a scale the scale goes from s to f with s being perfect and f being the worst so today again we are going to be ranking pokemon generations and do you gentlemen do you want do you want to go in order do you want to randomize it what do y'all think um i don't know what do you think Cash? i'm kind of fine just whatever whatever pops into our minds yeah okay cool I'll, I'll i'll let you lead the way joe um, I, I do think that even if we are going to pop around randomly, that it's it just makes sense to start with Gen 1. Yeah, it, sure. It of course. makes sense to start with the first generation. The OG. Yeah. Uh, now, I do want to ask, are we using the original versions of the, of the game or like the definitive versions of the game? So are we ranking red, blue, and yellow, or are we ranking fire red and leaf green? I'm going to say we are ranking red, blue, yellow simply because not all games have a definitive edition. Yet. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good okay. point. Yeah. So I gotcha. think we should base it off of their their first uh, entry into the, the franchise. And then I also, that, yeah, that's a good point. And then also with the re- makes they fixed a lot of what was wrong with them so then we'd be mm-hmm. giving like everybody's gonna be getting a ba or an, a ba or an s and mm-hmm. we don't want to do that so absolutely no nah, yeah. we live for carnage so. we do live for carnage mm-hmm. we are choosing violence today so <laughs> so in, in anticipation for this i i did uh nerd out and i was like how am i gonna rank these different generations on so many different factors that are involved in them and i i decided i was going to make a spreadsheet we don't actually have to like rank them based off the spreadsheet it just helped me organize my thoughts and i broke it down into like i'm ranking each generation based off of pokemon and i kind of did subcategories for their starters and legendaries i also did a category for story post game replayability and features and just kind of did it out of 10 and we're not going to be ranking them out of 10 but it just kind of helped me gather my thoughts in terms of where I would put them on the list because if we're doing what is it S A B C D F mm-hmm, yeah S-A-B-C-D-F. everything but E yeah so that means there's only going to be if we have a generation in every category at least I don't know if we have to necessarily if there's going to be any like F tiers but if mm-hmm. we have to have at least one every one of them that means there's only going to be two that double up so. gotcha no I don't think we have to have any you know certain tier I mean certainly I mean um, I think we need to be fair about it but I don't think we need to say we if, if truly none of them belong in the F tier we probably shouldn't put them in the F tier um, so yeah. I guess we can go ahead and get started with gen one so um, what's everybody's thoughts on generation one I mean you know gen one is the OG like I said earlier you know uh, it's what got 
at least everybody in our age bracket, our generation, you know, mm-hmm. really involved in the, in the franchise in the first place. So, because mm-hmm. how how old was everybody at the table when the first generations came out in ninety six or seven? I believe here, I was only four. So would have been five. Yeah, okay. I was only four. Uh, when did the shows come out? Because I think I started watching the shows before I played the games. Um, the shows came out. I don't know here. I believe shortly after the games in Japan. Um, my gut instinct says ninety nine, but I could it could be earlier than that. Yeah, because I don't I don't I don't think I had a Game Boy at four. I think I think no, four I is I, th- I think four is too young to have a Game Boy. Ninety seven, it says. But okay. I assume that's Japan. Okay, gotcha. So it probably didn't make it to the states until a few years later because you know ninety eight, ninety nine. Because yeah. back because you remember back then it actually took things from Japan. It took it actually took it quite a bit to get to the states. Yeah. And now you know how we have you know like everything so instantaneous we can just have all the media in the world right at our fingertips and it's great. Um, so I think Gen One, I think it was it was for sure the start, but I think there was a lot of issues with it. I think so the many si- I, I, sidekick type was OP, and and, mm-hmm. and and I'm not a certified Pokemaniac like the two of you, and even I know that like sidekick type was OP. It was very strong. Uh, and its two weaknesses were bug and. I think actually Ghost wasn't strong. No, I think was a Ghost weak against it in Gen One. Well, it was only because Gengar and the whole Ghost line is also poison, poison. which is weak to Psychic. Right. But I believe the only Bug type moves in the game were Twin Needle, which was only B Drill, and he's not very good in Gen One. And also a Poison type. And then Mm. Leech Life, which was base twenty power. So Mm. it's like. Psychics just ran a field. And Twin Needle was either maybe twenty or twenty-five base power. But it but it hit multiple times. I think it was. It was 25, I think, and it hit multiple times. So yeah, but like it, you said, only one. Not not a very good counter for it for psychic to be one of the weakest types in Gen One. So yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, I think if we, I think what we can do is we can um, go ahead and take your categories, Joe, mm-hmm. and we can just like briefly talk about them, and then at the end we can give our ranking. How does that sound for everybody? Yeah, no, that sounds good. Okay, okay cool. Fair. So for Gen One. Um, uh, starters and and we, we don't have to rank them on a scale to ten, but we can just discuss them and then mm-hmm. do it here at the very end. Um, I think the starters for Gen One are they're they're just so special to me. You right. know, they, they were they, they were the first three that got me introduced to the right. game. They're very iconic for sure. I was gonna say the word that comes to mind is iconic for right. sure. So yeah, I mean, I don't think even people who aren't fans of Pokemon can tell you who Bulbasaur, Squirtle, and Charmander are. 100%. I mean, that's yeah. that, that's easy. Um, so I mean, I think the starters there were fantastic. Now for legendaries, we of course had the three birds. Mm-hmm. And then we had um, Mewtwo. you and Mewtwo. Yep. Yeah. So how do we think? How do we feel about those? Um, I think Mewtwo is a really strong like ultimate legendary because each generation they have like one or two legendaries that are stronger than the others in terms of just stat power. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Mew was a was probably one of the best, if not best, mythical ever. Honestly, legendary birds kind of meh in my opinion. I think they've. For me, they've kind of like I've lost interest in them. Like mm-hmm. as the generations have gone on, like they in were the, super cool in in the original games. Yeah, it's like oh my gosh, what is this like Firebird that I'm right. running into? Mm-hmm. But, as but then you, yeah, you've seen you've seen like the progression of legendaries, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, like Mewtwo and Mew still have that awe factor. Whereas like oh, Zapdos, Articuno, Moltres, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that 100. percent Yeah. Okay, so moving on, we have the story, and I think the story for Gen One was. It was, I think it was pretty good. I mean, especially the whole Lavender Town arc. It, it, got, so, it got a little spooky for, 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 for being the, a children's yeah. game. For, for, yeah. the, for the time, the story was good. Yeah. It's not really held up to me mm-hmm. over time. I, I would I would kind of agree with that. I mean, the Gen 1 story, there's not much that ties it together. It's like you, 
it's there's like oh you're 10 go out and fill my pokedex and that's mm-hmm. like the story and then like you run into like some thugs along the way and they're doing something wrong and it's like okay cool i guess the 10 year old and not the police are gonna be and that's been a that's been a common theme in pokemon right. games it's like why is the 10 year old saving the region but right. I, I think that it's not a bad story necessarily but they've had better since then so i would probably give the story it's it's not bad it's okay yeah, yeah. But like i said it's like as opposed to like the later generations yeah it's kind of it's leaves you wanting for more but mm-hmm. for its time it was good right Right, and I think the thing with Gen One, I think we have to be kind of careful to to not be overly critical of it because um, did did Pokemon Company did 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 they anticipate being this be, Pokemon being as huge of a phenomenon as it? No, as I it think they I think they planned for maybe two games and like two generations, and that was. I think it. they originally planned for just one, and then it was such a hit that they decided to do a Gen Two, and they thought that was going to be it, and yeah, they gotcha. just kept going. So maybe that's maybe that's perhaps like maybe like they they left those errors in the games because like there wasn't going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like a next one or anything to right. fix, yeah. and Ga- then Game uh, Freak was supposed to is it's not even now. It's still a small studio. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Game many. Freak they're not was very big. tiny back then. I, mm-hmm. they, I mean, looking at the credits of the original Red, Blue, Yellow compared to like games now, it's really not a lot of people working on those games. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then um, I do think for the next two categories, post game and replayability, I think we should merge those into one because I think they're kind of similar. Um, and Gen One has the worst post game because you yes, run, you, there's you, really you, not anything. you run out of it's, money. You can't. There's no trainers left to challenge. You can't go back and do the Elite Four if you wanted to. Well, you, you can go back and do the Elite Four. Oh, you can. Yeah, you can go back and do the Elite Four in Gen One. the The issue is, I, I kind of classify the the post game as anything you can do after the Elite Four that wasn't available prior to the Elite Four, and in mm-hmm. Gen One, all there really is is catch Mewtwo and complete the Pokedex. Gotcha. And right. That's really all you can do. Yeah, there's no no real extra story or but in terms anything of like that. Replayability, Gen One, I think, other than Gen Five, is still the generation that has introduced the most number of new Pokemon. So I mm-hmm. think that there is a lot of replayability because there's so many different teams you can do. So I would honestly give it a higher replayability category than I would give it a post game. The post game is very lackluster in Gen One. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd agree with that too. I think that's pretty. It's a pretty fair assessment. Okay, um, and then the last category we have are features of Gen One, and I think for features for for uh, for the time it was innovative. Yes. I think just 100%. having just having like a, a team of monsters in your pocket to you know battle and trade and stuff like that. I think I think that was super innovative for the time. It was it was definitely like classic RPG, but instead of it being focused on like sword magic and like thief or whatever a healer, it was the typings and mm-hmm. the typings that were all like a weird version of magic if except for maybe the the exception of fighting type and normal type but most of right. them were kind of like magical in some kind of sense so it's definitely unique in that you have a team of six rather than most rpgs it's like what four usually mm-hmm. tops and yeah there's not as many types of characters quote unquote yeah yeah then that makes sense 100 and the, the whole just the whole concept of you know evolution and evolving your team and mm-hmm. you know just things like that yeah for the time learning the, new moves like and actually having to choose you only have four move slots like which one do you want to get rid of yeah so yeah so, like that, that. yeah for, so for its time yeah i would definitely say it was very very innovative yep yeah okay so overall what would we give gen one i'm gonna give gen one this might be slightly unpopular especially with a lot of the the like og fans i'm gonna give it a b a b you know, okay not not too high not too low but just somewhere in the middle ish Gotcha. I would agree, and, I, and like like you said, Stephen, uh, you know, we got to kind of not show bias because of you know just where it was at the time. But mm-hmm. I think I would also agree. I'd kind of put it slightly 
slightly less than an A. I think a B is a solid, a solid placement. Yeah, for it. I'd honestly put it for me. I'd put it as a low B. Like if we had a B minus, that's what I would give it. Yeah. But we're not messing with the minus and pluses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I think that of course gen one is legendary like yes. it is the og like it like it is there'd like, be no, like there'd be no franchise without it and there'd be no worldwide phenomenon without it like obviously gen one did something right yes um but, but it's not without its problems but it's not without its problems yeah now next we're going to move to generation two which is my personal favorite generation 100 yeah, yeah. I, I i think gen two knocked it out of the park and fired on all cylinders I, uh, personally, I, I do. It was my favorite generation up until um, recently, and we'll get to that later. Fairly recently, I guess. Uh, still, been a few years at this point, I, I suppose. But I, I do agree that Gen Two is better than Gen One for sure. I yeah, by, it. I think I think by far better than Gen One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the only thing I would argue in terms of being weaker than Gen One is maybe just the general Pokemon because yeah, there were some cool new Pokemon, cool new lines, and cool new um, evolutions. But they also introduced a lot of baby Pokemon, which, let's be honest, other than being cute, they don't have much. Yeah, of they don't place. serve a whole lot of a purpose. So it, it that was one of the few things that I would say was is kind of going against Gen Two in my personal mind. But other than that, I think it's a really strong generation for sure. And um, if if we're going based off the starters, I, I don't think they're quite as iconic as Gen One. No, but, I agree. But I do think that they're all solid designs. I I still would probably rank them lower if we were just doing like starter tier list. All of these would probably be lower than all of Gen One. No, I agree. I I don't, I don't think Cyndaquil, um, Cyndaquil, Totodile, and uh, Chikorita. Thank you. I I don't think they're as memorable as Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and um, Charmander. No, I would agree too. But I think they're also still they're still pretty good in their own right. But yes, mm-hmm. they're not as iconic for sure as Gen One. Yeah. Um, so then the legendaries and see, I think the legendaries in Gen 2 got kind of uninspired because you have two legendary birds. Um, you have Ho-Oh and Lugia, and then you have three, um, you have three of this, of the same elemental type, except, um, Suicune, Suicune ice or water? Water. Oh, okay. So they, they, they just switched that one, but then Raikou and Entei are both fire and in fire and um, electric, just like Zapdos and Moltres was. They're just like, let's take birds and turn them into dogs. Yeah, or, which is actually, or cats actually a good point. That's something that's never actually crossed my mind. Is that yeah, really? I don't. I've just never put two and two together on that. I, I honestly would personally rank Gen two higher than Gen one in terms of legendaries. I would as well um, because Ooh, Cele- really, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. I, I, I do like Celebi. Uh, I think Celebi's worse than Mew, but I think that Ho Oh and Lugia, despite being additional birds. The the lore aspect behind them gives them a okay. whole lot of flavor because like Lugia is supposed to be the the leader of the Gen One birds and then Ho Oh is supposed to be the leader of the new beasts what uh, some people call them because people have arguments whether they're dogs or cats or whatever yeah. um, but <laughs> there's some or what they were originally too they're four legged friends we, we can go we can yeah. so and many we can go deep into that. the Pokemon iceberg that I can't go into so. well the, the last bit of iceberg we'll delve into is like there was a, a fa- there's a fan theory that the the legendary beasts. Uh, because it is in the game that they are reincarnated of Pokemon who died mm. by Ho-Oh. Mm. And they are similar typing and stat distribution to the original three evolutions. So a lot of people kind of have a fan theory that Raikou was originally a Jolteon, Suicune was originally a Vaporeon, mm. and Entei was originally a Flareon. Gotcha. And then Ho-Oh like, rebirthed them after mm-hmm. destroying them. Gotcha. Mm. 
So I do I do have to ask. Um, in the in the anime, why why was Ho Oh so important? That like whenever Ash saw Ho Oh, and at the time he didn't know, of course, who Ho Oh was. Which was such was, a cool Easter egg. It mm-hmm. was, yeah. So of course, like they they knew they were going to put them in the next series, mm-hmm. but like why was it important? Like what like I guess what kind of like why how did that drive the lore in the anime? Well, I think that in the anime it represents uh, not just like life but good luck, and it was like the first day that Ash was out on his journey mm-hmm. after this, all this rough stuff that happened, he sees Ho-Oh and it, it's kind of the sign that like, you know, you're meant for really great things. Gotcha. And, and on top of that, I think at that time they knew they were going to do a second generation, mm-hmm. but they hadn't teased it in any official capacity because right. the, the games had been out in Japan already. And then they released the anime to go inside with it. And when they, probably fans in Japan who had been playing the games before the anime even came out, when they saw ho they're like, what is that? Mm-hmm. They were probably like, there's going to be more of this, which right. was probably really cool for them. And I remember whenever like it first showed up on TV, there was so many like thoughts and theories about what that was. People thought, you know, it was a Firo. People thought it was Moltres. Moltres again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, and everyone's just like, what is that? And mm-hmm. nobody gotcha. had any idea. Cause yeah, like, like Joe said, that was the first kind of like tease mm-hmm. of what was to come in gen two, which is really cool. And they, they gotcha. have, they've done a, a, a pretty routine job of, in the previous generation, in terms of the anime, introducing a bond for the uh, next generation for at least the first three or so, because in Gen One they they obviously showed Ho Oh. Yep. In Gen Two, during the Pokemon League in um, in Johto, Ash in the I don't know if it's the finals or his like final match, his Charizard faces off against Blaziken, which had never been seen prior to that point. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, in Gen Three, I believe. He runs into some other Gen Four mon. It, oh, it's I think in one of the movies he runs into Lucario, and they kind of tease Gen Four with Lucario a little bit during a movie. So they they have that this right. this pattern of introducing a new Gen mon to kind of be like, hey, mm-hmm. this is what you can expect next time. And it's like, oh, kind of cool, thing. <laughs> right? And who else was in the the first movie? It was wasn't it Togepi and Togepi? Yeah, Togepi. Yeah, they and had the, they had a little Pikachu's vacation short, and Togepi was, was it in Meryl it. too? Was Meryl in Togepi, Meryl, Meryl yeah. and Snubble were all in the, that's right the movie, um, mm-hmm. and they had introduced uh, Togepi right. before Gen One even wrapped up in the anime. Also, shout out to our parents for taking us to the Pokemon movies right? as kids. Uh, that was so much. Fun. I had a birthday party going to see my one parents. Of those. Oh, that's three so cool. of them. It was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, but could you just imagine? Because obviously, like our, our parents couldn't care less. So oh, like, yeah, troopers, one hundred percent. Yeah, that was probably like my eighth or ninth birthday. I remember going to see. I think it was the first movie in theaters for my birthday. That's rad. I had like a birthday party there with like a few friends. That's cool. So cool. I think I, I think I had a Pokemon themed birthday party back in like the early. 2000s and um and broken arrows old uh and broken arrows old um bowling alley okay. like the strike like like if you got a strike it would just be a random picture of a nidoran and oh, i said funny. congratulations and then as it, it was like that up until like 2012 they had all like the old like 90s pokemon that's awesome. <laughs> and stuff like that um so back to um back to gen 2 um so the story of gen 2 i think is kind of kind of kind of um i don't know I would I would honestly say that they improved upon the story in Generation yeah. Two compared to Gen One. I think that they they still had rocket events. I think it was a little bit more cohesive instead of just like you're meandering through this region. You happen to run into these events. I think that they set the story up well with your rival stealing the other starter and you having to try to chase it yeah, down. That, that was, was nice kind of like yeah. your your initial reason to go out because you were trying to retrieve that. And then you also get added the Pokedex, and that's part of Gen One's plot. So they're just kind of tacking that on. But then you have to go. 
because Professor Elm is an egg researcher. He wants you to investigate this egg that he got, and then you take it back and forth and stuff, and eventually hatches, um, which leads into the whole breeding mechanics of Gen 2, uh, the whole Team Rocket events, I thought brought it in really well and the fact that they had like the lake of rage which introduced the champion at the time because in gen one you knew the champion from the get-go you just didn't know they were the champion yet and then by the end of it you knew they were the champion and then you became the champion spoiler for a what is it almost 30 year old game at this point um but then in gen two you you meet lance at the lake of rage for like the first time and like they i think they just made the story a little bit more cohesive it still wasn't perfect Mm -hmm. by any stretch but i think it was done better than gen one gotcha i would agree 100 percent. yeah Okay, uh, now post game for Pokemon for Gen two uh, post game they totally fixed it. I, I, think, this, I think this might be my favorite post game. Yeah, the I, fact I that you get to go back to Kanto and, so and cool. do the whole journey again, mm-hmm. I think is you basically got two games in one. Yeah, yeah a little bit, but it, honestly, with a little bit of. Um, like you didn't have to obviously do the rocket events over again, so it was a little bit more expedited. But I do agree. I think Gen Two has probably had the best post game in in the series because not only do you beat the Elite Four and then you go through. Kanto and do some like some a side quest involving all those gym badges, but then you go up to Mount Silver where you can fight Red, the protagonist from the first game, which right. was a really nice. Touch. That was such a cool ending, and and not that we're not comp- or not talking about just the originals, but I think um, going into you know kind of remakes for this for with like Heart Gold and Soul Silver, I think that's why they're some of the most popular games of all time, is because you got to go back to Kanto again, mm-hmm. but you also got the kind of uh, quality of life improvements that you got starting in Gen Four with like physical special split and things yeah. like that. So it was the original games all over again, but just kind of done up to like the more uh, up-to-date times. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that there was also more to do in terms of legendary events after the Elite Four, unless you you specifically hunted down all the legendary beasts prior to the Elite Four in Gen 2. They were something you could do after the Elite Four right, as well. Which was cool because they were roaming. And you could catch Pokemon and fill up your Pokedex. And if... Depending on which version you got, you either got Ho-Oh or Lugia before the Elite Four, and then you get the next one after. So there was a little bit more to do in terms of legendary events. There was more to do because there were more Pokemon, so you had to fill up the Pokedex. And there was just the whole fact that you got to go back to Kanto and then beat Red. So I think Gen 2 has probably the best post-game for I think sure. I think so, too. I think, still, I think still holding up to this day, honestly. Mm, I would, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, because um, even in like the um, um, the 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 ORAS remakes, whenever they did Gen 3 again, like they like they didn't really... I mean, they added a lot of post-game there, but they haven't done a Pokemon game where you could go back to a previous generation. Like, it doesn't right. have to be the one from, like, the one right before, but, like, what if, like, Shino happened to be close to, like, Alola mm-hmm. or whatever? Right. And people you, have been know? clamoring for that for so long in the game, like, being it, able it, to go it, to another generation. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure... Another region. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure that, like, and, and I know that, like, with DLC, like, we'll, we'll talk about in Sword and Shield later, like, you are able to go to different, re- two different regions, so perhaps uh, Sword and Shield will release like a DLC where you can like get a, pl- like, like get a plane ticket or something and go, which would be cool. I that remember there, cool. there was all kinds yeah. of theories about that mm. and stuff too, but yeah, obviously sure. we'll get into that. Yeah, we, we'll get into that. My, um, my penultimate goal would be like when they realize, I mean, I don't think Pokemon's dying in our lifetime. No, sure. probably not. But when they realize they're kind of on the tail end of this and they're like running out of ideas, my ultimate goal would be like one final game, all generations, all Pokemon. It's like, this is our send off. We're not doing any more Pokemon. Bye bye. That would be so cool. I know people, like I said, people have been wanting that for the longest time. It would be really hard. You mean like a compilation game? Yeah. Okay. And it would, because like you and I have talked about this, Joe, like how would you handle like, you know, your team being at like level 100 after the second game and it going, you know, there'd be so many factors you have to factor Mm -hmm. into it, but it would be really cool for sure. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So that leads into um, features and Gen 2 added breeding, which was huge. 
um, to the game. Um, what else did they add? They added shinies, shinies, shinies yes. which are still like uh, just people go crazy over there. Yeah, right? I, I still remember the red Gyarados and how cool finding that in Gen Z was at the Lake of Rage. Yeah, that was a really cool, like a really cool thing that just what added is into this? that. Yeah, um, they had they introduced genders. Oh yes, yeah, mm-hmm. to make the breeding mechanic work. Um, another feature that could be argued is the babies. I think that's a weak feature. No offense. What's the, uh, the, the, the oh, you know what else? I'm sorry, real quick. No, no, you, uh, I just thought of something else. The apricorn balls for the apricorn first time. Apricorn balls were really added, cool. Which is to this day one of my favorite what features. Are, what are apricorn balls? So you can collect these little things that are called apricorns throughout the region, which are basically like acorns. Uh, and they're used to make pokeballs. And the, um, in Sinnoh, or not Sinnoh, Johto, there's pokeballs that can only be made in that, that region unless some kind of event happens in another region later in the game. So you got stuff like the lure ball, the level ball, the love ball, moon ball, friend ball. Um, I feel like I'm missing one. Um, I don't know. Fastball. Fastball. Yep. Yep. But yeah, they're, they're just like specialty Pokeballs that, gotcha. um, you know, have like different, yeah, just perks and things like that. But to this day, it's also another one of my favorite, like little mechanics is cause I love matching like Pokemon mm-hmm. to like, the Pokeball that like fits them or right. matches their color or something like that. So that's something right. I've done Especially for forever. Do it, yeah. It's all for the aesthetics. You, 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 you have to make sure your team passes the fit check. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that leads us to um, the total for Gen 2. Um, so I honestly think Gen 2, I'm going to give it an S. I think Gen 2, for, especially for if we're going to be talking about it for its time in the early 2000s, the fact that they made that many improvements over mm-hmm. Gen 1, it was almost like a night and day difference, I feel like, because you basically got... You know, you, you essentially got two games in one um, with the whole the whole Kanto mechanic. You got, you know, um, double the Pokemon mm-hmm. from the first game and they added a bunch of quality. They added the day and night features. Too. Yeah, day and um, night. So they added and, and we didn't even talk about the new typings with dark and steel. Dark and steel. Yeah, that was another Yeah. The first nerf to psychic mm-hmm. being dark type. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and steel yeah. because psychic or steel resist psychic. That's true, yeah. So sure. they were basically introduced because it's like psychic is OP. We need something to fix. Right. This. So that's what I'm saying. They they, they did a lot and from even, the first generation, and that's why I would give Gen two an S. Yeah, I for think. sure. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. No arguments here. I 100 percent agree the same. I, I I probably will give it an S two, but there's actually going to be something on the list later that I probably will rank higher than Gen two. But the other thing I wanted to also point out is not only did they introduce new types to combat the psychic type, but they fix the old types that were supposed to be strong against it because they had moves like Fury Cutter, which actually scaled well. They added Shadow Ball, which was a ghost move mm-hmm. that actually did more than just fixed damage. Right, and there was actual ghost types that also weren't weak to Psychic at the same mm-hmm. time. Well, one, but... <laughs> True. The only the only new ghost? The only new ghost was Mystery Vis. Mystery Vis, yep. yep. Hmm. Which was solid ghost, so... Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So we have two S's for Gen 2, and Joe, are you sticking with S or A? I'm going to stick with S, but it's, it's definitely not my highest ranked game. We'll get to that later. Okay. Gotcha. So next up, we're going to do Gen 3, which, of course, is Emerald, Sapphire, and Ruby. The first game on the Game Boy, the, the first entry um, to the series on the Game Boy Advance. It's also the only entry on the Game Boy Advance. Well, if you can't well, we'll, we'll write the remakes, but there wasn't a new generation until right. DS. Correct. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, Gen, that's Gen 3 was the only Gen that was on the, the only original Gen. So we got two. We got two on the Game Boy. We got one on the GBA, and then we got what three or four on the ds and then we got two on the ds well all and until then, eight well 3ds well, is the 3DS different, is technically yes, different. okay well still the same it's the same family right. yeah. you Potatoes, can play potatoes. you can play ds on 3ds games but you cannot play 3ds on ds right true. that's right true so it's not forward compatible it's just backwards compatible yeah 
Um, okay, so Gen three. Let's go ahead and do the starters. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be Torchic, um, Mudkip, and uh, ah, I was gonna say that's on Trico. Yeah, sorry, I just chimed in. No, you're good. Um, starters, I. Again, I don't think they're as memorable as, as Gen, but I, but I'm trying to I'm, I need to remove my bias because none of the starters are going to be as memorable right, as no, Gen 100%. One. There's I, there's there's one group that I would argue for me, but that's not everybody for sure. But I do think that in in terms of starters up to this Gen, I think Gen Three compared to Gen Two and One are the weakest. Yeah, they're they're yeah. a little. I wouldn't say. They're a little goofy looking TBA. Yeah, I was gonna say I wouldn't say forget, I wouldn't say forgettable by any means, but they are yeah, kind of to me on the lower end. And now I love I love a lot of people love Gen three starters. Of course, uh, people adore Sceptile, Blaziken, yeah. and Marsh Tom, but they just never hit. See to me. me, like yeah, they were all just kind of bland designs. I don't know. And I'm, I'm a big fan when, of, the, of the fire but, chicken. But, but, but whenever, chicken. but like in Gen three, like we did have some cool design Pokemon, like Absol, like like like, yeah, like, like cool. the, the most emo Pokemon in the whole entire deck. I love you know? Flygon. Yeah. Yeah. Flygon's very Flygon, cool. Flygon, and then we um, we got Altaria, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Latios and Latios were cool. Um, were, were cool designs. I, I do think, and moving on to the slightly next step, I do think uh, on the counterpoint, although they had the weakest starters up to this point, they had the strongest legendaries up to this point. Oh, yes. I yeah. will give you that. No yeah, doubt. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Rayquaza, Kyogre, Groudon, Latios, Latios, all amazing. Deoxys, Jirachi are very strong, too. Mm-hmm. Reggie's. The very, regular, very, are kind of weird. They're weird. Yeah. They're really cool in concept. Very lackluster in performance. <laughs> yeah, they're they are super weird though. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're kind of they just kind of look clunky. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, they're meant to be. They're meant to be like golems. Yeah, giant, right. giant ancient golems. Right. Yeah. And then, um, and did you mention Rayquaza too? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ray, yeah. Rayquaza is a really cool, cool Pokemon. Yeah. So I think the legendaries. I think three up to this point, three has the best legendaries. Absolutely, yeah, agreed, for yeah. sure. Um, so uh, the story of three, I think, is really good. I I, I, I like the environmental aspect behind mm-hmm. it, where it's you know, um, is it Team Magma and Team what's the other aqua, one? Aqua. Uh, team Team Magma and Team Aqua. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, how they're basically trying to you know, like flood or scorch the earth or whatever yeah. they're trying to do. And one's trying to create more land for people to live on. One's trying to create more water since that's where land supposedly comes from and all creatures developed from at one point. Gotcha. Yeah. So. I think kind of taking it away from like stealing Pokemon, <laughs> we're robbers, you know, like I, I think mm-hmm. finally like, you know, we're getting, well, like, like the bad guys have a new motive. They're, and they're, they're environmental think, terrorists. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Just something like completely unprecedented mm-hmm. from what we've seen in the first two games. I, so. I, yeah. I would also say that despite like we just said, starters probably the weakest so far. And we said legendary strongest so far. I'd say this has the strongest story so far. I would, I would yeah. also agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Out of everything we've seen so far. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so post game, I think is good for this, for this series. Um, I think it's not as good as, uh, or Johto by any means. Oh no, no, it, it was good. There was the, the battle tower and the battle frontier later, um, right, which everybody loved battle frontier. Yeah. I never got to play it. I actually never got to play Emerald. I never had it. Really? That's surprising. I, that's the one I think I See, could never huh, find. I never had any of like the ultimate editions. Like I never had mm. Emerald. I never had Crystal. Oh, I had Crystal. Um, crystal was yeah. Um, I, uh, well, I guess I take that back. I had Yellow. If Yellow counts as like the yeah. ultimate edition, that's but that's the only one I had because I had I had Yellow. Then I went to Silver. Then I went to Sapphire. And then like with Diamond Pearl, I never got Platinum. So oh, Platinum was so good. Yeah. 
Um, so I think, uh, didn't mean to bump that. Um, so the post game I think is pretty good in gen three. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like how the, the legendaries Latios and Latios. I like how they roam. I think mm-hmm. that's cool. How you have to kind of like hunt them down yep. and find them. I, I know that wasn't original to gen three, but it, that was a cool comeback from, yeah, from, sure. right, from Entei, Raikou and, um, Suicune. Right. And it wasn't um, easy by any means. So it definitely gave you a little bit of a challenge, which was always fun. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And also now I do think now the only downside to, um, I know we're not, I don't, we don't have a section for game mechanics, but I guess we can kind of lump that into features. Um, I think um, Gen 3 is very HM heavy, and that was before the HM problem got fixed. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think in terms of features, there wasn't a whole lot introduced in Gen no, 3. There wasn't. was like weather, and mm-hmm. then there was, well, not even weather, because Rain Dance was in, and so was Sandstorm. True. But I guess but, outside but outside weather? Oh, abilities were introduced. Yeah, yeah. Abilities. Oh, that's right. How, how many abilities, abilities were? Yeah, and then, of course, natures, too, were introduced. So natures and abilities were introduced, which were really cool, and they're game-defining for sure, but they're not as apparent to you know, a child who's getting introduced to the series. Right. Yeah. Back in the day, like it was just like, um, having moves that didn't do damage right away. I don't know about you guys, but whenever I used to play, I would only have attacking moves in my hands because I was like, Oh, there's no point in this. And like, Mm -hmm. there was no rhyme or reason. I would have like three fire moves on my Typhlosion and then strength because I needed strength to get through the game. Right. Right, and I feel like yeah, and, and I really like how in later generations they did fix the HM problems, and that that's um, I mean not not to skip ahead to generation eight, but that's one of my favorite things about eight is how they just basically cut out HMs entirely, mm-hmm. um, and they fixed it by I adding. I think they the, they first start, got rid of HMs in Gen Seven. Oh, see, I didn't play Gen Seven, so because mm-hmm. um, because Gen Seven's a Lolo, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which I haven't that was played. yeah because it was the writing Pokemon. That's the first time that yeah. we had um, not I, seen HMs. I I would say though that um, going Jay, back talking to the mic. Sorry, I, I would say going back to the features, um, the other feature they really introduced in Gen 3 was double battles, which is cool. Oh, double battles are cool, yeah. But I still wouldn't say that the features beat um, Gen 2 features in my mind, personally. I think I would agree just because of like just kind of the iconicness of the Gen 2 features, mm-hmm. but they are good. Like I said, you know, yeah, now, really and nowadays time you appreciate things like the abilities and the natures mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah, for the time being, they were, you, you know, you knew they were there, but you didn't really care too much about them mm-hmm. except right. for in certain situations where it's like oh i'm gonna throw out my super awesome fire chicken it's like mighty anna oh why is my attack lowering <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that was super annoying intimidate to this day so annoying also, when you're facing wasn't it. gen 3 didn't the gym this is kind of a this is kind of a uh, like probably the deepest fact for pokemon i have um but didn't the gym for fortry i forget her name but she had an Altaria. Yes. Right. And the Altaria at the level it was at shouldn't have had the moves that it had. Right. I and think that, that's that happens. That happens quite a bit because all the way back to Gen 1 with like Lance's Dragonites. You know, mm-hmm. he had, I think, two Dragonites that were underleveled. As well, they in been. Gen 2 he did it. In it was Gen, Gen 2. Okay. In Gen 1, his Dragonite, I think, was level 65. Okay, first that makes sense. Or sixty, maybe. But yeah, like yeah. like yeah, Lance's Dragonites were like kind of the the first uh, mm-hmm. the first instance of that. In Gen yeah. two, gotcha. his uh, Ace in the Elite Four is a level fifty Dragonite. I'm like, he doesn't evolve till fifty five hours as possible. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's that's a good point too. And I think what's her name? In her name, Winona. Winona, yeah, Winona. in Gen three, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sign up, sign me up for She's Stranger cool. Things. So I, and I think they did the first kind of like slightly varied thing with gym leaders there in that uh, the seventh gym, the psychic gym, Tate and Liza. Yeah. Tate and Liza, since they were twins, their gimmick for their gym was not just the psychic type, but they actually you actually actually double battled them. Which was the first time that happened. First time they ever did that, and I think the only time they've ever done that for. I think you're right, yeah. Well, no, they've done it in Sword and Shield with uh, Raihan. 
Oh, true. That but it, yeah, it, it was him. It was. Just, it wasn't two people. Yeah, it was, it was still. It was the one of two times they've done double battles for Jim, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I would say that going back to like I know you want to kind of incorporate the replayability uh, into the post game, but I would say that personally, I don't find much replay value in uh, the. Gen 3 games, but a lot of people love playing that over and over, especially if you include the remakes of Gen 1. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, because yeah, if, you, if, you, if you include the remakes of Gen 1 and Gen 3, because you've got the... Fire and Leaf Green. Yeah, you've yeah. got the Sevy Islands and all that stuff, which is cool, and it was really neat that they added that into there. But just for, yeah, just for Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, I mean, there was the Battle Tower and the Battle Frontier, but like I said, I was never really huge into that, but I know a lot of people love that. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I didn't was I wasn't huge on it either. Gotcha. All right, so Cash, what would you give Generation 3? Oh, Gen 3. Um, this might be... I think I'd still give it a B, but I think I'd go low B on this one. This would be my low B. Okay. Because I, so I think you said, like, you said Gen 1 was Gen your... Gen 1 was top of B, this is bottom of B so yeah, far. Yeah, for me personally. So wait, so, so you put Gen 1 above Gen 3? I personally would, okay. yes. Gotcha. Uh, this is going to be an incredibly unpopular opinion. I'm going to go with C on Ooh, Gen 3. I, I, just, I just wasn't enamored i think gen 3 was when i first like decided oh i'm over pokemon like okay. I, I think mm. most of us here got to that point at some point yeah and th- that kind of was the same, same for me like that See, was kind for me, of that's gen 5 like like like, like mm-hmm. i didn't play gen 5 6 or wait 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 um we'll get into it but i know for sure i haven't played 6 or 7 mm-hmm. um, you know, I, think, I think towards the end of gen 3 that was kind of wherever i kind of started Losing a little bit of interest for a while. I mean, also because we were like teenagers at the time, and like we had well, Pokemon wasn't going like, on. And, and Pokemon and it also wasn't it wasn't the cool thing because because mm-hmm. remember Yu Gi Oh came, yeah, and Yu Gi Oh overtook Pokemon for a little big, bit. Big storm, yeah, um, sure. But I mean, that was kind of for, for me. That was like later elementary school, early middle school. Whenever Yu Gi Oh came, I think mm-hmm. for me personally, another factor was you know I was still young enough that I I did like like Gen One and Gen Two, and I still like to play those. But Gen 2 built off of Gen 1 and that a lot of Pokemon were either evolved forms or they did have new ones. But in Gen 3, there was only one or two Pokemon that were introduced that were part of an established evolutionary line. Right. It was, it was, it was pretty much like a, just a brand new fresh start on everything. Yeah. And they had like returning Pokemon, but it just was like, uh, it just didn't hit for me because I'm like, I'm not familiar with any of this. And whenever you're young like that you do probably want more familiarity. Now I'm older and I'm like, oh, new is great. Right. It, it breathes new life into the series. But I, I just, it didn't hit for me like it did. But funny enough, even though I kind of fell off in Gen 3, I was rebirthed my love for the franchise in the very next generation. Gotcha. <clears throat> okay, so we'll go ahead. Oh, wait, I haven't given my ranking. Um, I give Gen 3... Mm, Oh, but the secret forts were cool too. We forgot. Secret forts were cool. Secret forts were neat. Yeah, but I mean, they, they obviously didn't serve any real purpose to the game unless you were rich enough to afford a link cable. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, I, I give it a low B. I I'd lump it in there with Gen One. I, I don't think it's, it's I don't think it's nearly as good as Generation Two, but it's still a fun playthrough. Mm-hmm. Like I had a good time playing it. I agree. Like, yeah, and and I did enjoy the Oraz um, um, remakes too. Um, yeah, they I were ha- fun. Yeah, I had Alpha Sapphire and I really enjoyed it. But they were piggybacking um, off of Gen Six. In in all fairness, <laughs> yeah, I think that's whenever I started picking back. Whenever I picked Pokemon back up was that generation. I was like, I, I asked on Reddit like, Hey, you know, I've been out of the series for a few generations. Like, where should I start? And they all mm-hmm. told me. Um, Alpha Sapphire. Yeah. Solid choice. 
place back to start. So. I was going to say too, also just a little love for Gen 3 because of ROM hacks and like Gen 3 yes. is like ROM hack central for... Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. See, I'm not too big in the modding. Because I think between Emerald and like Fire Red or Leaf Green, those are like the most popular yes. ROM hack They're the easiest games. to like customize and make your own for sure. Which is handy. I have seen though that based off the engine that BDSP is running on, that might become the new like... Oh yeah, there's been so, there's been so many like like screenshots and videos of pe- people. There are already people who are knowing, learning how to like get into the code and make characters do stuff. One of them I saw on there, they've changed Dawn's idle animation to the Fortnite dance. Oh no! And the, the like chibi Dawn's like doing the Fortnite dance, and I'm like, that's <laughs> but yeah, there, there's hilarious. So, there's so much I think you're gonna be able to do with those games too. Mm-hmm. But nice. All right, so we'll go ahead and move on to Gen 4, which is, of course, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. BDSP. Um, BDSP. I, I think, for me, starting off on just the all the Pokemon factor, this builds off of Gen 2 in that not only is it introducing new Pokemon, but it introduces so many new evolutions to old Pokemon, and that's what helped reinvigorate my love for the series. Because, like we said, I said a minute ago, Gen 3, not much new to the old stuff, just completely new standalone stuff. Whereas Gen 4, they have new, brand new stuff, but they also had a lot of, like, breathing life back into older Pokemon. Yeah, it, they, they, tied, they tied back into, like, the, yeah, just the familiarity of Gen 2, which, yeah, like, going back for that, Gen 3 does seem kind of, yeah. like, the outlier mm-hmm. in all this. Yeah, now, see, this is why I'm excited for, uh, for is it, is it Brilliant brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl? Correct. Right. Okay, gotcha, so make sure I didn't get it the other way around. Um, but I am excited for those games because generation four was i think that was my cutoff point for pokemon I'd like i finished generation four and i just like did not mm-hmm. feel anything out of it and I, I don't think i gave the game a fair chance mm-hmm. because i was just like okay this is the same thing like i'm doing gym battles i'm mm-hmm. catching pokemon you know blah 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 um and i think this had a similar problem that you mentioned for gen three is that it was very hm heavy yeah, yeah, because I think what, there's eight. There was eight of them in the original. There was, there was eight in the original, and, not and that's only, just absurd. Which like, is crazy. I, I, I'm okay with like surf and fly. Like, let's leave just those two. Like, well, even, and depending yeah. depending on what mon you're using it on, like strength is honestly a very good move on Snorlax because he gets a boost for it since he's a normal type, but. There are very few HMs, like you said, that are good. Well, I guess what I mean, I think the HM moves should still exist. Like, I'm mm-hmm. fine with Waterfall being a move, but, like, why do I need Waterfall to progress in the game? Yeah, is what exactly. I'm saying. And things yeah. like Defog and Rock Climb just mm-hmm. seem like they're just there. Defog as an HM, horrible. As, like, a competitive mood, move, amazing. Right. Yeah. And but I, when and you're a kid, you're like, what is this move good right, for? Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it was just kind of placed there as sort of just an, an extra, you know. And with me being a casual player, through. like, I just could care less about the competitive scene. So, like, for mm-hmm. me, it's like, for me it's like the actually playing the game and all those hms got in the way right. and because like it's like oh now i it, it, it's for me it took out the fun of building your team because it's like oh i have to have a pokemon yeah. who can do this one move and like what if it's the pokemon a pokemon that i don't necessarily want yeah Shout i think to Bibarel. i think yeah gen 4 was big in terms of people having a pokemon i didn't like the term ever used but they called them hm slaves i preferred hm friends <laughs> where that's, they were that's the door, more they're I, I like they were, HM friends. Their yeah. sole purpose was to be an HM. Once Pokemon. again, shout out to Bibarel. Shout out to Bibarel. What, what is the uh, um, the one from Rick and Morty um, when they press the button on the box? Me seeks. Me seeks. Yeah. Me seeks. Yeah. yeah um, HM me seeks. So that's their sole purpose is to be HM. Bibarel could learn strength, rock climb, surf, waterfall, and I think that's it. Could that's, it learn yeah. cut? Could it learn cut? Maybe? I don't know. It might, it might have been able to learn cut. Can't remember. Um, Maybe. But they did get rid of dive, which I didn't. Mm. I never liked dive. 
So I'm glad that Dive did not come back. I think Dive as a move is cool because like I, I think it, I think if I think Dive a, had the same mechanics as Dig, where you go under for one turn, then you come up and attack the second that, turn. That's how it works. Oh, that's yeah, how yeah, it works. Yeah, oh, boom, there we go. Well, the All only right, thing the, I, um, Game Freaks just took my idea. We're gonna <laughs> take him to court, boys. I, so. I think <laughs> the one thing I didn't like about Dive though is because two turn moves generally aren't very good because it's easy to playing around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it gives you like a free, switch, speaking, a free switch out and stuff. Speaking a little bit more on the competitive side, but even in terms of playing through the game, if you're using a poke, if a, the enemy uses dig, it's like, I'm going to throw out a flying type now because it's not going to take any damage. Right, because it's not effective. It's, it's yeah. very easy to get around two-turn moves, but I thought the idea of going underwater yeah, the was really cool. the aesthetic dive was really cool. But I just thought that the execution of the move in-game wasn't very good. That's fair. Anyway, going back to Gen 4. Um, so we talked about the, the Pokemon as a whole, but... Moving on to the starters, this is where I'm. I might get some flack, but I honestly think that Gen Four has the best starters. Personally, ooh, see, I personally disagree. I think Gen Four are some of the more eh starters. I like them better than the Gen Three starters, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Um, but again, I still just don't think that they're. I would honestly say Gen Two has better starters than Gen Four, really, um, and that's that's yeah, that, I, would, I would agree too. Yeah, that's just me. There's no see, I I really like the Gen Four or Four starters because there's not a single one that I dislike. Uh, I don't really care for Chikorita all that much. Chikorita's okay, but I'm not a huge fan of it. How dare I, you? I'm not a big fan of many of the Gen Three starters at all, and I will say that I do love all the original starters, but. There, like, if I were to say clearly, like, which one is your least favorite, it would be Squirtle, in my opinion. Oh, I know, I know. I'm between I'm two Squirtle, Squirtle stands. Yeah, there, I'm between two oh, Squirtle stands. But man, I I love Charmander growing up. One of my best friends loved Bulbasaur, and I like use Bulbasaur and play through. I'm like, man, this thing's actually really dope. But um, Gen Four starters, personally, like. All of them, I, I do have a definite favorite, but I do not have a definite least favorite. And see, this is this is funny because Joe and I have talked about this quite a lot, and I I cannot stand his favorite starter, which is kind of funny. Which is also funny because it's my favorite Pokemon of all time. Which is who? Uh, Infernape. Oh, Infernape. Gotcha. So, yeah, I so, love so, Infernape. Yeah, Based off Char of the, the Monkey starter. King from Journey to the West, which is what... Uh, some of my favorite characters from books I read growing up is based off of. He's also who Goku is based off of. Yeah, but I don't know. Cause see, for me, like I, I like I like Chimchar, Piplup, and uh, Turtwig. Like I think I think the first version of the evolutions are fine, but I don't like Empoleon. I don't think Piplup to Empoleon makes sense mm-hmm. to me um, because he because he's water steel, right? It's right. like I just feel like this is kind of random and Piplup doesn't have any real like steel features to him. What I like about Gen three or four starters is they all are in a way weak to each other. Like Infernape obviously is weak to the water of Empoleon, but his fighting type makes him strong to the steel type of Empoleon. Yeah. Uh, Torterra is not very good against Empoleon's water type, even with the grass type, but it's still super effective because of the ground type. And it can actually do super effective damage to Chimchar and Infernape because of the ground type. And then obviously Empoleon resists the the grass moves that Torterra can throw out, and its steel moves are not resisted at all. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of Empoleon and Torterra. They're just forgettable Pokemon to me. Oh. I just think, like, like, I don't think that they're as like aesthetically pleasing to me. His, I, I think his that, favorite I, is Empoleon. I know that. I do like Empoleon the best out of the three. Now well, I will see, say, I, see, I like Infernape best out of the three, and I'm not a fire type. Like, I never pick fire type Pokemon. 
Or Pokemon. I, really, I want to say that Pokemon. So I, I really po- Pokemans. Like Pokemans, yeah. I did it. Uh-oh. I, I really like <laughs> I all I turned of 30 them. next year. Shout out. So. I, I know that's an unpopular opinion, but this is probably my favorite generation of starters for which sure. Is, which is totally fair. But like, No, it, you're like, entitled to it. Yeah, just and for my own personal, like, I never liked Turtwig, the Torterra, the whole Torterra line growing up. Um, I love ground types. So. I've really grown, grown, like, found an appreciation for it recently mm. um but i just didn't like it because like w- whenever i was younger like ground was just a boring type to me and i just really? didn't care for it yeah but i, I really I like it that. now and like the, the combination of grass and ground is really fun so Even if it is quite nice true <laughs> okay so we're kind of kind of mixed on the starters so i feel like we're mm-hmm. gonna probably have a pretty we're all gonna have pretty different uh rankings on generation four here's um, where, the, where the yes where the fractures start yeah <laughs> moving on to the legendaries though i think that it's not quite <coughs> as good as gen three but i still think that they're strong than gen one and two i would agree yeah i think so i think they finally start experimenting with different types of pokemon yes not 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 types meaning like you know like like, i mean like different like like bodily forms Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but also real types too, and also real types too it's not just the same you know fire water electric fire water electric right Mm -hmm. yeah i think the legendaries in this game are fine um but again i think it's tied for the most legendaries of any generation yeah there's a whole lot Manaphy, Fion, um, Shaman, uh, excuse me. No, you're so Shaman, Manaphy, Fion, um, Darkrai, Darkrai, Cresselia, Dialgapalkia, Dialgapalkia, Arceus, Giratina, and Regigigas, yeah. and Heatran. Oh, Heatran too, yeah. Heatran, the forgotten mythical Pokemon. Yeah. I don't think it's even mythical. I think it's just straight up legend. I think you're right. But yeah, there's a lot of legendaries in this generation, and, it was, and like, like, like the, the events to get them. I remember back in the day yes. were so much fun. They were. This was a very lore heavy gen. Yeah, yeah. I think the story in this game is really good. Yeah, it's I, so good. I, I do like the story in Gen Four, especially think, in Platinum. Yeah, I think I think the story in Gen Four is its strongest point. Um, I, I'm not too crazy about the Pokemon. I I hate the HM heavy. Um, yeah. Uh, for progression. Now, I don't know if um, I don't know if you all know, so I, I, I'm just asking. Uh, will the remakes of Diamond and Pearl will they rely on HM systems like they did in those games, or will they move to more of like Sword it, and Shield? It's more progressive. They you still can still need HMs, but they aren't on your Pokemon. You call upon wild Pokemon to do that. Yeah, it's kind okay. of like how Gen Seven had like the the riding Pokemon and things like mm-hmm. that. Like, I never played Gen Seven, right? So yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's kind of made it to where, at least from what we've seen in previews, and you don't need like a that, dedicated Pokemon. You don't need a dedicated it. Pokemon just for the HMs. You can just like call them on your little Poketch watch, mm-hmm. gotcha. and these wild Pokemon will appear out of nowhere. Which I and love just, the Poketch, which is saying. super cool. Yeah, gotcha. But it is nice because so you're yeah, almost you, like a, like like a Disney princess. You can just call a yeah. wild Pokemon to do your bidding. It's a fantastic yeah. comparison. Actually, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I, I have heard from some people that they wish that their they could use their Pokemon for HMs, but it wouldn't take up a move slot. And I'm like, mm. I think that's a fair like. Yeah, kind of like a compromise, but it's it's definitely still preferable to like a to, crappy to needing move. yeah to needing eight slots on your team or eight move slots on your team mm-hmm. dedicated to these HMs right. So that yeah, would be nice. I, yeah, just looking back at the HM mechanics, just I mean it was it was cool, but then they just they went they went overboard. They went there was, for sure overboard. There was with six it. in the first gen. Uh, there's there cut six? strength strength flash fly, fly, fly surf. surf. It may have only been five. It may have only been five. Yeah, and then Gen yeah. Gen two added had seven, I think. Gen two added. No, they had six because they added. Uh, well, no, they they had seven because they got rid of Flash as an HM. And yes, it was, and it became a TM. It became a TM, but they added. I think was Rock Smash an HM? No, no, no. no that wasn't until Gen three. I don't. So think. I think they only had six, and Waterfall was introduced. 
Yes. So it was uh, cut flash or cut fly. No, flash was an HM in Gen 2 still. Because I remember you had to use it in the, the final cave, and I was like, oh, I have to teach Ho-Oh Flash, really? Because that was the only Pokemon I had okay. on my team. Yeah, anyway, I, think, I think you're right. Anyway, going back to Gen 4. Yeah, um, too, many, too many HMs. Too many HMs. They fixed yeah. it. Glad they're gone. But um, we all agree that the story is probably the best so far. Yes. Oh, top tier. I really like so it because yeah. Cyrus, the, the evil team leader, his goal was not just world conquering. Oh, right. He wanted to make a new world right, because he destroyed did, the world. He wanted to destroy it. He didn't want to control it. He wanted it to be gone and have his own new world where everything he was, was going to Thanos way. it. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, much. I really, I, it was a crazy story. Yeah, this I is like top tier story that may be one of the best ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is also why I'm really excited for the remakes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, now the replayability and uh, features game. I can't speak to because I literally only played this game once because this is whenever I started, but this, this is when I thought this of This was your, your hard cut. This is my hard cut and I was just like, I was just so... At the time, I was so underwhelmed by the game, and that's why, again, I'm excited for the remake so I can go back and give it a second chance um, because beyond the story, I didn't really enjoy Gen 4. I will say the post-game I thought was really good this gen. Not as good as Gen 2, obviously, but it, it still had a lot of like legendary and not just legendary capturing, but legendary events and lore added to it. There was the whole like extra island you got access to after the Elite yeah. 4. There was the Pal Park, which lets you get access to the national deck, so you could start catching some of your old favorites again. There was the Underground, which you could explore for, for countless literally hours. ever. Yeah, um, it, it was it was really good for that, and also the replayability. Since there's just so many Mon by that point, <laughs> there's 493. If you were wanting to do challenge runs and Nuzlocks or like single type runs, you could make about any type of team and it would still be like viable. You wouldn't have to like rock a B drill if you didn't want to because it was one of the only bug types left. Except for fire type and diamond and pearl. Well, no, no, no. But post game. Well, post game, yes. Because then you could just trade anything over to anything. But yeah, no, the infamous two fire types. Yeah, the were infamous two fire types. Pearls. Yeah, original Pokemon. <laughs> was there really only two? It was there was Infernape and Rapidash. That's gotcha. all. Who, that's the only thing is because yeah, even because the, they had a fire type elite four member mm-hmm. and he only, and he had, only two had two fire, fire types. types on his team. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> so yeah. funny. Which is like it's it's been like dogged on for but then ages. With the national decks, there were still new Pokemon that were new fire types, right? But you just couldn't get access to them in the post game, which was dumb. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that the replayability in this gen was good. I thought the post game was good. I still think that the replayability in post game in Gen two is probably better. I don't think Gen 2's post game will probably ever be beat. It's going to be hard. I mean, unless they make another one where you go to a completely different I, region. But unless you count DLC, because then that's, say, kind of, that's kind of cheating, yeah. though. Because, because, but, but back then we didn't have DLC. It's true. So is it really fair to compare? I, I, I would argue it is. I would say that we'll get there eventually, but I think we'll it's get not there. better than Gen 2. I think it's the best since Gen 2. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but going back to Gen 4, the final thing is features. They introduced, uh, what did they introduce in Gen 4? The Underground. The Underground. The Poketch, which is really cool. Um, they I introduced. Mean, I just completely forgot. We forgot about contests in Gen 3. Mm-hmm. No one really cares about contests <laughs> yeah. that much, but it's at least worth mentioning. Yeah, I guess. It's a mechanic. Right. <laughs> they, they updated and made contests better in Gen 4 from what they say. I still never played them. Um they introduced uh, new ways of evolution in Gen 4. Uh, what was it? Oh, the physical special split, which, which yeah. needed to happen. That was so huge. I loved that for Gen 4. Um, yeah, I think this was a really sol- solid um, features game and not something super apparent, but really, really good quality of life changes that we had not had previously. 100%. Yeah, especially with physical, physical special split. Because if we hadn't had that up until, you know, that point, you know, we didn't know 
we didn't know we were missing out on, mm-hmm. but if they, for some reason, got rid of it in today's time, you know, day and age, people would just be, you know, in an uproar about it. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous. Yeah. It'd be like national or getting rid of national dicks all over again. Yeah. Um. So I think Gen Four for me is a C. I'm. Um, I mean, the only, I mean, Gen 4, and, and keep, keep in mind, listeners, um, or for, you know, Poke, Pokemaniacs, you may be listening, um, this was released before the remakes got released. So my opinion on Gen 4 is only based on OG Diamond and Pearl. And I just think that the uh, the story and the addition of new mons, I think, is the only thing that's kind of holding it. Um, or the features and the new features, excuse me, um, because the, I think the starters are forgettable. I think there's I, I personally think there's too many legendaries. It kind of defeats the purpose of legendaries. Um, and then the HMs are just atrocious. So that's why I would give it a C. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think nowadays I rate it more highly than I did when it first came out. Yeah. Um, so for me personally. I don't know. That's tough. I'm, I'm between an A and a B personally. Really? Okay. I think from knowing what I know now, I actually might put this at an A. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just because of the, so many of the quality of life features that it introduced at the first time. Um, I think this would be an A for me in all honesty. Yeah. Uh, this is where I'll differ for you from you guys for sure. Uh, this is by far my favorite generation of all time. Oh really? I, I love this generation. <coughs> it reinvigorated my love for the series and the reason why I, I still love this game so, so much this whole franchise. Um, I played my Pearl version for countless hours. I don't even know how many I attempted to complete the Pokedex. I didn't, but I made so many teams out of so many different mons and it gave me so much love for new mons. Honestly, this one is going to be my top of S really. All right. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So gins five, six and seven, I haven't played. Um, and we are coming up on an hour. So we're for sure going to go over an hour and that's fine. Um, so for gins five, six and seven, can we, is it cool? Um, since I won't be able to um, give you any input on it, if I can be like, bam, what do y'all think of starters? Bam. What do y'all think of legendary? Go for it. it. Okay, cool. Okay. So gen five, um, the games that's black and white, correct? Black, white and black and white. Boom. Okay. There we go. Okay. Oh wait, I thought black and white two was generation seven. No, no, Black and White 2 five. is still 5, and it wouldn't even be considered Definitive Edition. It's it's a completely new, like, really? story. So, yeah. but, okay, so, but that's the first time on Pokemon. Is that also the only time Pokemon that that's happened? Where, yes. Yeah, where, like where there's been a direct sequel for one? Okay, Yeah, gotcha. whereas in Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, it's just the same game retold. Right. So, so Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is more akin to, like, Crystal pearl, yes. Or, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. platinum. Excuse me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I was. I think that's probably the, actually to me that's probably the coolest thing about Gen Five is there was like the direct sequels, the direct sequels. Um, yeah, I will give it that. And I, I wasn't a big fan of Black and White, but Black and White Two were very good in my opinion. And you can't have Black and White Two without Black and White. So I think that the, it is necessary. Uh, Pokemon overall, like the Pokedex, I think these were some of the less inspired designs because they were really trying to go for a quote-unquote soft reset for this gen. They introduced 150 new Pokemon. It was the the most amount since Gen 1. The most amount since Gen 1 Mm -hmm. because they wanted to give people a fresh experience starting from square one. And because they were trying to shoehorn so many new creations in... I think some of their designs were lacking. Yeah, Uh, and some of them kind of got forgotten about. Looking at you, Ice Cream Cone. And like I said, some of them just got forgotten about because there were so many to, you know, worry about as well. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay, so what do y'all think of the starters? 
Uh, weakest my, starters, in my opinion. My least favorite starters of an A generation. Uh, I can't even time. tell you the starters of Gen 5. They, yeah. they are so uninspired, in my opinion. Yeah. The Isn't Froki one of them? Is no, it Gen 6. That's Gen, Gen 6. 6. Okay, gotcha. Uh, this is going to be Snivy, Tepig, and Oshawott. Oh, okay. My favorite is probably Oshawott, but still, it's like saying which is my favorite, like, kind of, uh, what is it? Um, like, yeast based. <laughs> spread like Marmite or Vegemite. Oh, gotcha. It's like which one of those is my favorite. Right, it's, 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 like, it's like which is your your least worst kind of. Yeah, yeah. and I, I would say that. I would say that in terms of lore behind them, they're not bad. They're all based off of different dynasties. Mm-hmm. Um, the I believe Han Dynasty is uh, Embor. Um, the Oh, I forget what superior is. It's another Asian dynasty. And then obviously Samurai is the shogunate from Ch- uh, Japan, but they had good lore, poor in execution. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Gotcha. So those, so we don't like the stars of gen five. What about the legendaries? Uh, I think these were really good. Um, I, I didn't like the mythicals as much this generation, but I thought the swords of justice and, um, Reshiram, uh, Zekrom and Kirim were really cool. I would agree too. Um, yeah, I think they're pretty neat. Um, nothing, nothing awe inspiring to me by any means, mm-hmm. but um, I like they, the, they were cool. I like the Taoism and the yin yang concept behind mm. it all. No, like, like the lore behind like Kirim and stuff, how it's like, you know, the original um, dragon, right, like the original shell. dragon. Yeah, it's like a husk of the original dragon, and people are ex- um, hoping that maybe in Legends coming up, Legends Arceus, you know, because there's been so many new things. I say, I say new in quotations, like new old mons that are going to be introduced. People are hoping maybe we'll see the original dragon in that uh, game, yeah. which would be really cool. I'm not a huge mm. fan of Gen 5, but if they made like a Legends and whatever the original dragon's name is, that would be really neat. That would be really cool. But yeah, Legendaries are okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so next up is going to be the story of Gen 5. Um, black and White 1, meh. Uh, black and White 2, pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot to say on it, really. This, this is actually... The evil team is PETA. Yeah, that the good point. Yeah, um, the black and white's kind of where I I hit my hard my hard cut off, and I didn't really care too much anymore. This this was like right around like the time probably high school started, mm-hmm. give or take a year or two. Um, and I just had so many other things like in of life course, that, right? I don't know. This is yeah. This is kind of where I kind of fell off. So I didn't enjoy Gen Five a whole lot. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert on that one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just I, and to this day I still haven't gotten to Gen Five really really hardcore yeah i've never gotten to gen 5 super hardcore either i played black version with my friends so they all played through we all were kind of in agreement that this was lackluster and all of us were pretty much in agreement it's like it was such a roller coaster like none of us really like gen 3 we all really like gen 4 none of us really like gen 5 we're like is this going to stabilize or is this how it's just going to be and so uh for those who did see it i was doing a roller coaster motion with my hands <laughs> um but yeah i i thought this generation could have been better in story uh i don't like the evil team i thought getsis himself the like big bad was cool yeah he was cool i thought n was kind of cool i didn't think like the evil team it's like oh we shouldn't enslave pokemon right but pokemon have enough sentience to know that they're not slaves Mm-hmm. so it just kind of defeat the whole purpose for me so yeah I, I just wasn't a huge fan of the original game story second the sequel games I thought was better were better yeah okay and then um, really quickly what about replayability features in post game um, features 
lackluster in my opinion. All that was really introduced that I can think of were like um, rotation, battles, rotation and uh, tri- triple, triple battles, battles, which no longer exist. So um, yeah, it shows you how exciting <laughs> they were. Um, and then for replayability, I will say white two, I have played um, two or three times, whereas black one, I've played once. Um, yeah. I don't think I've ever honestly gone through replayed. and done another full replay of these games. I will say that my second favorite Pokemon of all time does come from this generation, so shout out to Golurk, but other than that, it was a largely forgettable generation for me. Yeah, which is a bummer, but... Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, so what would you all give Gen 5? D. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a D as well, too. Okay. If, if Whenever they inevitably do a remake, I 100% will play it again, but sure. still, D. I hope they fix a lot of the problems. Yeah. Okay. And I was gonna say, we didn't even bring this up. I personal opinion on this, but I absolutely hated the art style of how the games looked. I didn't like how like they weirdly like moved around. Yeah. So Oh, like, and they were still sprite based, right? Mm-hmm. They were still sprite based, yeah. but they, they had like these weird like motions where it's like we're, we're doing like, this weird motion dance. But yeah, it's it's yeah, that's the strange like four frame motion dance. I just didn't like how they looked yeah. the games looked whatsoever. I will say if the sprites were like stationary and didn't move the sprites were honestly really good yeah there's nothing wrong with the sprites themselves but i just didn't like how they they, they moved been, in that weird, weird that weird four frame i thought movement. gen 2 and crystal <laughs> did it better where they just did a brief move a quick little like hey yeah. uh, you know yeah they're, they're yeah. not they're not constantly moving the entire battle like in gen 5 yeah. where it just makes yeah. it look strange yeah all right so moving on gen 6 that's going to be x and y correct. correct yep okay gotcha okay and the forgotten pokemon z <laughs> which was never released. Which was never released. Yeah. Oh, dun, so, dun, so dun. Did, did this generation never get a definitive edition? No. no. Oh, like wow. it, okay. it was. I I don't know if it was actually like confirmed that it that it should have existed, but I think people think it. Yeah, it was supposed to exist, and it just never happened because they kind of shoehorned the whole like third legendary from that gen into gen seven as just right. a side quest. It's like, I felt like this could have been something they could have done for a quote unquote Pokemon Z, but they never did. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Pokemon for this, they, this was, I think the generation that had the least number of new Pokemon. I think so. But I think a, because of that, there were a lot of really cool designs. Yeah. Cause they could, you could tell they like, they kind of took their, mm-hmm. took their time on them. They got some really cool inspiration for a lot of these. And, and compared to gen five, it was such a, breath of fresh air to see the starters for this generation i i they're still not like by all means better than like cyndaquil or gen 2 gen 1 in my opinion gen 4 uh but still i think better personally than gen 3 and definitely better than gen 5 definitely better than gen 5 um i might put them on par with gen 3 personally fair um yeah they may be like a like a 1a 1b type situation i feel like if you're going based off Grass Fire, for sure, but Froakie and Greninja were such a standout Pokemon. Yeah, in it, that, that might put it over the top for sure. It, it definitely, in my opinion, influences it to be better than Gen um, Three. I could agree. Just with that. on that alone, except for the Chespin line was just so strange. I love Chespin, honestly. Yeah. My least favorite is Delphox, but we've also had this talk before. Yeah. <laughs> I like Delphox. I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, it could have looked a little less like person in a fursuit. Yeah, but, uh, for sure. But I don't know. Weird. Like Quillen, they need to stop making fire types. Uh, what is it? Not quadruped. Um, biped. Bi- biped. Bipedal, they, yeah. they need to stop making fire types bipeds. Yeah, I'm but sick of know. bipedal fire types. Quilden and Chestnut just creep me out. I like them, but okay. So how about the le- the legendaries? Um, weaker than honestly everything but maybe Gen One because I think the the um, lore behind them is really cool. But there's just not very many. It's just Xerneas, Zekrom, not Zekrom, Xerneas, Zygarde, and Eveltal. Eveltal, and then the three new mythicals, Deancey, Hoopa, and Volcanion. Yeah, and really Deancey and Volcanion kind of 
are just forgotten about a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hoopa's cool because he has the two forms. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, DNC and Volcanion just kind of get forgotten about. The only thing that makes DNC stand out is it did get a Mega, which was cool. That is true. But other than that, it, I, I think this was a weaker gen. I, probably the weakest since Gen 1. Yeah, I'd probably be in a Grants. Uh, the next category, I think, is the story and post game. I thought this was a weaker story game just because it felt rushed. They felt like mm-hmm. they were really trying to make use of the 3D engine of the 3DS, and because of that, the story suffered. It wasn't bad, um, but I, I think it's definitely a weaker game in terms of story. Um, just nothing really stands out. Your your rivals in the game are kind of annoying. You're, right, this is kind of the, the beginning of like the mm-hmm. the overly friendly rivals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. And overly friendly. Overly yeah. friendly. Because the other ones, they had friendly rivals, but they weren't overly friendly. And then... Um, I, I just think that the, the the story for this, I thought the region itself was really cool, but the story, mm. not so much. Yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> Excuse me. Gotcha. Um, so how about replayability, post-game, and features? Post-game and re- – I think replayability for this one is honestly quite high because I think I played through this generation at least six or seven times because there were so many mons and I would do uh, challenge runs. And when there's so many mons, you can play through the same game so many times and eat just having a whole new team of mons makes it a different experience. But I think the post game was really weak. Yeah. Post game was lacking a lot. I, I say, I said that like I know. So this is actually the between five and six. Those are the only games that I've never fully completed. Mm-hmm. I never finished gen six because oh, wow. <laughs> the game, the, the game just started to get way too handholdy and, yeah. And this, too easy this, for me. That's my point. biggest problem with the the next one I played, yeah. um, which we'll which we'll talk about here in two mm. generations or a generation and a half, yeah, whatever. But, but yeah, I, th- I think Gen Six really started to kind of introduce the the overly handholdy yeah for um, sure. experience to it, and it just it just was not even really a challenge for me. Mm. In terms of features, though, I think that this had some of the best features. I think Megas, Megas, yeah. Although we're overpowered, I can admit that. Just the concept and design of them was so cool. The the concept behind um, the super training feature to make competitive a little bit easier to get into. Um, the Pokemon and Me feature, introducing fairy type, all of that made have very solid features. Yeah, the features were great, and it's funny because I think you and I have talked about this before, Joe, but. Uh, Back in the day, I didn't like Megas whatsoever. I thought they were just way too OP, way too overpowered. Oh, for sure. Um, but na- like now, nowadays, I'm like, man, they're really cool. And it's funny how you everyone wants to see them come back in games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think that just, although Megas being OP for sure, I think the designs are more inspired than Gigantamax designs yeah, 100%. are. But we'll and like we talked about too, like, you know, they last at least the full battle and everything. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So what would you all give Generation 6? C. I'm in between a C and a D just because, like I said, just because of oh, all of the handholdingness of it and just, I don't know. I, th- I it may be C just for like Megas. Um, Megas alone may put it into a C. I think I'm, I'm going to go with the C on this Megas one. Megas make it very, very fun. I, yeah. At this point, I don't know if they're going to bring Megas back for anything but a remake of Gen 6. And if yeah. they do bring back Gen 6, I hope they introduce new Megas. Surely. I mean, but it's, it's so funny because like the Pokemon company knows it's how much people cow. likes them. It is a cash Which cow. is just crazy as to why they haven't then been again, they're anything. the most successful media franchise of all time, so mm-hmm. I don't think they necessarily need more money, but they definitely right. want and they haven't forgot, yeah. And they haven't forgotten about them because they just added Megas into Pokemon Go, you know, a few months ago. So well, maybe not a few months ago. That's a name I haven't heard in forever, Pokemon Go. Yeah. I haven't played that the good in old forever. days. 
Yeah. Uh, back Dude, in 2016. Yeah, Pokemon Go Summer. That was like that. That was like the last good thing that happened to humanity. And then, so true. That was so much. That summer was so much fun. It you just was. See people walking around everywhere, and everybody was smiling because it was. And, you, and it was also like the OG 150 Pokemon. So it was like people our age, like we were like literally right. living out our childhood dreams of like you walking could, around catching Pokemon. You could walk up to just strangers and be like, "What'd you catch?" And it it'd right. be completely normal. Now it's like you walk up to a stranger, it's like, "Get your COVID away from me." Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have. You said a C. I'm gonna say a C. Yeah. And Joe, what'd you say? C. A C. Okay. And let's go ahead and speed through Gen 7, which is uh, Sun and Moon. Uh, And is this also where Oraz got released, was Gen 7? No, No, Oraz was Gen 6. Oh, really? Okay, because whenever I made that Reddit post, I was between getting Sun and Moon or Oraz, and they told me for sure to get Oraz. In terms of Pokemon, I thought some of these designs were some of the best. Um, Starters, I, I thought they were better than Gen 6, probably. Uh, but I still think that they're not amazing. I do really like Decidueye. I like Incineroar. I think Primarina is okay. I don't think it's bad by any means. I don't think there's necessarily a starter that I think of, and it's like, oh, this starter is, I I wish it never existed. Whereas most generations, save Gen 1 and 4, there's at least one starter where it's like, I just don't like them. I just do not like them. So I I think that this had fairly solid starters, just not amazing or stand out by any means. I think this like kind of continues my run of like disliking the, the bipedal fire types. Cause I don't really like Incineroar either. Um, I don't know. Decidueye is really the only one that I like of the starters. I like Decidueye is okay. It's cool. There's like the first fairy type, uh, starter, Mm -hmm. which is cool. But, um, Decidueye and then the others are pretty, pretty low level for me personally. Fair. Okay, and then by the legendaries of Gen 7. This one is probably tied with Gen 4 for the most legendaries if you include Ultra Beast. I thought Ultra Beast was a really cool cool mechanic. I think they're weird because it's like they don't have... They're so alien. Right, yeah. They're so like... Not like stereotypical alien. There's nothing about them... That screams Pokemon. That just screams either Pokemon or even like normal life form. It's like what you think of when you think of... um, what is it? SCP content from like Reddit. Do you guys know what that uh, is? A, a little bit. Yeah. Or like these like crazy like monstrosities that have these otherworldly powers, but they look nothing at all like humans or anything like that. It's, I think they're really cool, but it's just like, it, it's almost unnerving. I don't know. I, I think, I think that's why I like the ultra beast so Which, much is yeah, because they're sure. so different. Mm-hmm. It's like just a completely like kind of, you know, slap in the face, slap, <laughs> slap in the face, fresh take on something. Absolutely. But yeah, I, between them and the tapus, I think are I, super cool. I think the tapus were really cool too. I was not a big fan of Solgaleo, Lunala or Necrozma. I think, I think they're like the, the weakest part of the legendaries, mm-hmm, which is weird because sure. it's the box art box arts. My favorite, probably still Solgaleo, but he doesn't stand out to me. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think like the others, like I said, the Tabus, the Ultra Beasts yeah, for are sure. probably my favorite of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to like the story. I thought the story for Sun and Moon was honestly really good, if not a little too handholdy. Right. But like in terms of plot, development, lore, I thought it was really good. I thought it had um, a lot of like stakes to it because like, you're bringing in these otherworldly creatures. It was the first like it was a lot of people saw it coming, but they did shake things up quite a bit in terms of. The obvious evil team. Spoiler alert for a ten-year-old game. About ten-year-old game. Oh, ten-year-old yeah. game. Spoiler alert for ten-year-old game. Uh, the evil team that you expect to be the evil team isn't truly the evil team. Right. And it's like the good guys are actually They're, the evil team. It it does try to do new things, which I appreciate it for the the trial captains the. Uh, the fact that it's the first time they've ever had a Pokemon league with an elite four. I thought that was kind of cool. And like, you're the first champion of that region when you beat the game. I I thought this did a lot of good things, 
but the main issue is that hand holding. Yeah, the hand holding like is every so bad. two feet. There's a cut scene that you can't skip, and it's like kill me. So now. that's where it came from in Gen Eight. It came from Gen Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. yeah, Gen Eight. Gen Eight kind of just continued it. Honestly, yeah. Gen Eight is is more bearable compared yeah, to Gen really. Seven. Really, I think personally, Gen Eight smiles better than what Gen Seven. Really, was. Gen Seven is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so so let's, so okay. So let's, so let's uh, go ahead and get through Gen Seven, and then we can talk about Gen Eight because there's a lot of things I want to say about Gen Eight. Post so. uh, post game for Gen Seven, I think was really good because they had the Ultra Beast event, and if you did the the second version, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, there was the whole Rainbow Rocket event where they brought back all the leaders from all the yeah, past which was a teams, cool touch. which was really cool. But um, replayability, I this is probably the worst game in terms of replayability, just because you have to go through those cutscenes every single especially, time. Especially especially Sun and Moon, the original. So bad. Yeah. But, I mean yeah. you you some wasn't much better, but like, I it tried was like to, a smidgen better. I tried to play them um multiple times so I could get like more experiences with more mons, but just having to go through those cutscenes every single time. I'm like, after you beat the game, there should be a way for you to skip this mm-hmm. crap. But it, nope, not at all. Gotcha. So how would you all rank this uh, Gen Seven? Um, I'm gonna say B. Hmm. I think I'm gonna go. I'm, gonna, I'm probably gonna go with like a high C for Gen Seven myself. Okay. Um, I think the legendaries, like the Ultra Beasts and the Tapus and stuff, kind of are my my high point of Gen Seven, just because I think they're so cool and different. Oh, and going back to features for the generation Z moves, man. Yeah, Z moves are forgettable. But Alolan forms for Pokemon, oh, amazing. Ooh, um, yes, yes, yes. Obviously, the Ultra Beasts, amazing. I thought they had a lot of really cool features, but Z moves, uh, I completely forgot about yeah. the Alola forms. The like Alola that forms are so cool, so cool, and such a good fire idea. ghost Marowak, fairy ice nine tails. It's they they breathe new life into old Pokemon that honestly kind of need. I do it. think the regional variants are cool. So yeah, that, so that cool, started in Gen idea. 7. Yes. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And um, that is a cool mechanic. Yes, they, Gen 7 did a lot right, but also did a lot wrong. Yeah. Gotcha. So <laughs> you, you said you give it a, a C. I'm going to give it a, like a high C. A yeah. high C, B. and then Joe, you said a B. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to Gen 8. So Gen 8 marks where the series goes from a purely dedicated uh, portable console to a hybrid console. And I think Nintendo is yes. going to be in the hybrid console game for a very long time because the switch is a, you love it or hate it. The switch is an extremely mm-hmm. successful system. Yeah, like, for and, sure. and, 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 I mean, it's the I, best I, thing since sliced bread. I love the Nintendo switch. I'm, I, I and I, I've been a big Nintendo fan, you know, my whole entire life, but, um, I think Nintendo has finally found, has, has finally refound their footing with the hybrid system. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think that that's, it's, it's just, it's, it's genius. The fact that you can just, you know, either if, if you're busy, you know, you can, you can just, you know, pop it in your backpack, take it with you wherever you want to go. Or if you want to, you know, play games with a lazy at home, just dock even, it. It's great. Even if you look at some of the consoles that didn't do so well for Nintendo, I will say the one thing you have to give to Nintendo is they are innovative. Oh yes. They're not afraid to try something new. They're not yeah. at all. The yeah. Wii was a smash hit. Wii U, not so cool, but because of the Wii U, they established the way to do the portable thing. The Wii U walked so the Nintendo Switch could fly. There exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that Nintendo's fantastic in terms of innovation, and so mm-hmm. many other consoles try to copy it. The what is it? The PS movement or whatever, and then the Xbox Connect mm-hmm. are oh, trying yeah. to combat or combat the the motion controls of the Wii. It just doesn't work as well. No, no yeah. not at all. All right, so Gen 8, this is going to be Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and start about the Pokemon in this game. And I think some of the designs in this game are a little strange. 
Um, I think these have some of the best designs personally because they're working with a lot more power behind them. So they are going to look a little bit different compared to past Pokemon. There's going to be more detail to them because uh-huh. there's more power behind the system itself. Gotcha. I think the 3DS wasn't even technically as powerful as the N64. Yeah, the 3DS had a lot of problems. The 3DS had a lot of... It was a great system for what it was, but they went from like N64-esque type quality and graphics and designs to basically PS3 and PS... Yeah, PS3 design quality. So it's like the Pokemon designs really got weird, but they had a lot more detail to them. Yeah. Yeah, and I also think that um, I do like the addition of the, and, and I have to remind me, what is the name of this region? I'm sorry. Galar. Galar, thank you. I do like the Galarian re, um, versions of the Pokemon. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, do, I, I hope I, that stays around for forever. <clears throat> Goodness. I think you need another cigarette, Cash. <laughs> yes, please. I, I, got a natural, I got a natural American spirit for you. <laughs> I, I think my favorite thing about what they, they piggybacked off the success of the Alolan forms, but they took it a step further in that it wasn't just like the same line all the way through. Some of them evolved further or evolved differently based off their regional yeah, variants. Yeah. Cause Perserker is really cool compared to Ver- Persian. Mm-hmm. Persian is very lackluster in my mind compared to Perserker, but although the Meowth turn, or, or I mean, Galarian Meowth turns into Perserker, whereas normal Meowth turns into Persian. I thought adding additional line to um, Linoon and giving it new life. I love Obstagoon, one of my favorite Pokemon. Um, I thought they did really good with the designs in this generation. Um, Yeah. If we're going to the starters, I would say that not as weak as Gen 5, uh, probably on par with Gen 7 and 3 in my mind. Um, I'm not a huge fan of anything except for... Rillaboom personally. Rillaboom's cool. I think Rillaboom's my favorite I, of the new starters. I think starters. that's uh, Cash's least favorite of the new starters. It's, Cash it's, doesn't like monkeys. I mean, <laughs> I really like I really like uh, Sobble uh, because he's a sad lizard and I can relate. Sad boy. Yeah. Uh, sad boy, yeah. But um, Inteleon's weird. But Inteleon's super weird. Inteleon's super weird. <laughs> like a secret agent water lizard. That's just bizarre. I Bubble mean, 07, if you will. Bubble, oh, thank you. Bubble 07, 07 <laughs> that's good. That is yeah. not my joke. That is good. But that yeah, is, just in general, um, they're yeah, they're fine. Um, I think most people's probably least favorite is maybe Cinderace. Cinderace is probably my favorite of the three. Honestly, I would say Inteleon's probably the the least favorite. You think, well, m- maybe Inteleon. I think Sob- everyone Sobble loves Sobble. Loves Sobble. So- Every- yeah. Yeah, Inteleon, maybe. I think Cinderace is my favorite of the three. My um, favorite is definitely Rillaboom. Cinderace would probably be second, but it's it's pretty distant second for me. That's fair. I, I don't think any of them I, are. I think it's Cinderace. Amazing. I know that we have people in our in 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 our in the Discord that are fans of Cinderace, but I think Cinderace is way too humanoid. Like they took it way too far with him. That's fair. I'll give I'll give you that. And I I also just wish they all would have had a secondary typing as well too. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have made. Yeah, I think I think a problem with this game. I, I, if we if we can jump to features really quick, I think a lot of this game was rushed. Um, mm-hmm. our, um and I think the hype for this game did not match the final product. Uh, oh, there product. was so much hype for this. Yeah. I don't know if that was the fault of Game Freak and Nintendo or if that was the fault of the fan base because it, if I'm going to be honest, Pokemon does not have the best fan base sometimes. No, yeah. Very, yeah. Very, toxic very toxic fan base. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but I mean, that could be said of literally any media, for a lot of media franchises, but it's kind of noticeable with the Pokemon fan base, no offense. Mm. Um, but of course, present company excluded. Um, so, um, but I, I don't know. I've, I, I can get pretty. Cash has seen me at work. I can get pretty uh, snarky <laughs> today y'all are choosing violence so um but i don't know i see i think that my main problem with gin with gin a um i think i think the first three versions of 
each of the the starters were cool. I think um, mid stages were all weird. Yeah, the mid stages were all weird, but I think Rillaboom is the best final um, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cinderace is very much like what if we took Lionel Messi and turned him into a Pokemon? Right. You know, um, it, it's really Messi f- is a soccer player. So Lionel Messi. Yeah, is soccer- yeah. Okay, okay. I just want to make it's sure. Really, reference there. It's Thank really you. funny because <laughs> when they first announced them before they released their their hidden abilities. Uh, Cinderace and Inteleon were definitely better in terms of competitive level play, but when you introduce their hidden abilities, Cinderace got straight up into Ubers with yeah, Legendary. Yeah, it got broken. And then 100%. It, Inteleon is just very lackluster, even compared to Rillaboom, if you include yeah. those yeah. hidden abilities. So how do we feel about the legendaries in this game? There weren't weren't really a whole lot, were there? There were well, they introduced a lot if you include the DLC. But let, let's start with base game. We'll base talk game. About, I'm, I think I think DLC should be discussed four. as a feature. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there so are there's, there's, there's four of them because yeah. there's there's Zacian, Zazamenta. Uh, Wait, who was that second one? It's not Zacian. Well, how do you pronounce it? Zacian is right. Zacian. Zacian or Zacian? What was what was the second one? Is it Zazamenta? Is that no. right? Oh, I, okay. I think I like Zazamenta better, though. Well, what is it? Zamazenta. Zamazenta. Oh, I like, excuse I like, me. I like, I like Zazamenta. <laughs> Here's the fan base being toxic. <laughs> being toxic. Well, actually, Steven. Exactly. <laughs> excuse me. It's yeah. Zazamenta. Zazamenta. Um, so Zacian and Zazamenta. And then there was... Um, I did it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. It's too late. It's too and late. Then, I've, I've had two late nights in the row. Then, then, uh, Eternatus. Eternatus. I didn't like Eternatus I don't think so, either. It He's looks, the biggest Pokemon today. Yeah. That's true. He's like the. I mean, and as much as I He's love very the void, ultra beast s. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and as, and as much as I love like the void and stuff like that, I just don't like the void. Yeah, Eternity. Honestly, they like used to compare Necrozma. They're like Necrozma is supposed to be like reminiscent of an ultra beast. I think Eternatus is very much more ultra beast than uh, Necrozma ever yeah, was. I would agree too. Uh, but then the fourth legendary would probably be um, what is it called? Uh, Zarut. Gotcha. Um, so the story for this game, I think, is very lackluster. I think I, I do like the idea how they kind of turned the Pokemon gym systems into like a series of leagues mm-hmm. where it's kind of like in more like, sports like more sports like, yeah. which I think is cool. And especially because I, I know that this that Galar was heavily focused on the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think how. They incorporated the um, the gyms to be like soccer leagues over yep. there because in the United States we don't have promotion and relegation or, or yep. football for our non-American listeners or football for our non-American football. listeners. Yeah, so here in America we don't have promotion and relegation, so we have um, MLS, which is called Major League Soccer. But if you place last in that league, you're still in the league the next year. Mm-hmm. So I think it's cool how in this game, like, there's a possibility for like future games where if you even if you were to revisit Galar, the gym leaders might be different because yeah. they. Could have been like kicked out or right. whatever. And I, but we I saw remember, who was the one who took over? Not Agatha, but the old lady in this game. Bead. Uh, Bead. Well, uh, Bead took over for. Uh, She's the fairy type. Opal. 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 Yeah. Right. So like, I, I think like kind of opening the door to having that mechanic in there. I think mm-hmm. that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I really liked that. I think that this was better than base Gen Five in terms of story. I think it's better than. Um, six in terms of story uh it's it's not great for story but what i will say that this game has that most of the other games didn't have is they actually had good character development like yeah the characters were really good but the best character development to date in a pokemon series because the most character development they ever had prior was silver in gen 2 where he's like i'm a thief and i hate my dad <laughs> who's giovanni spoiler alert for old games big spoiler yeah um, and then big by U. the end of the game he's like you know we're not necessarily friends but 
I'm not a piece of crap anymore. <laughs> gotcha. I don't know. I think the the story of Gen A is just okay. I I I, I thought it was way too handholdy, but I do understand that. There was perhaps a lot of players who took a big, a longer break than I did in between Pokemon. Because yeah. I only missed three generations, but I mean, I imagine there's Pokemon players out there yeah. who haven't played since Gen three, and maybe they needed a refresher to the series. Yeah. But I do wish that Pokemon would give you, or the the, the yes. game rather, would give you an option to like skip the tutorials or just skip Absolutely. the, or, or just, just have like a, like a hard mode or something. Right. For I like would, a more experienced players, you they know, had that in Gen five, but you Gen had to beat the game Gen. to get it. Yeah, which makes no sense. Yeah, and because and, and I think Hop as a rival, I didn't really care for him because I think because after because literally after every time that he got beat, he's like, "I'll never be as good as you." Yeah, it was, I'll never be as good as you. It was annoying you know? for sure, but I think Hop is probably the best starter we've or best rival we've had in probably four generations because the rivals in five weren't atrocious, but they weren't really stand out. And yeah. then the rivals in six, like were six were all just uber super friendly. annoying. And then seven was hop. And it was like, okay, hop hop is like, like you, you said you never played gen seven, but I think, um, not hop. Yeah. Hop. How, 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 yeah. How, how is like hop on steroids? I think hop yeah. is a better rival than how was, but, um, but like you said, you didn't play five, six and seven. Mm -hmm. So you're not really sure. No, I skipped out. Gen I, when I came back. I really like Hop's character development where like he, he feels worthless. He comes back from it and then he decides he's going to take his own path rather than try to measure up to you and his big brother. Which was really cool at the end. I think his ending was cool. I liked, I liked the way his character ended, but I didn't like the beginning and the in-between. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. He's like, my brother is the champion and I'm going to be just like him one day, right. you know? I, but but then again, I keep on forgetting that, that this game is primarily made for children, for being true. honest. And I'm almost a 30-year-old adult. So uh, like, I, don't, want, like, like, I, I don't want to disparage too much on a game that is made for If you want dark themes me, in you know? Pokemon, you're going to want to get into the wrong hack scene <laughs> but moving from there the the post game in just the base game i thought was okay not super great by any means there's yeah. the, the whole like zassi and zamazenta like where you go around to the gyms again and defeat the gigantamax and dynamax pokemon excuse me i'm about to burp um and then yeah it wasn't bad it wasn't great though uh but if you would count it as a feature. I would count it, especially if you get like the game now. I would count the DLC kind of as post game too, and I think that adds post game to it. I guess so. I would say that because of the DLC, this is probably the best post game we've had since Gen two, but not better than Gen two. Okay, gotcha. I think I'd be in the same in the same boat as well. Okay, now features. I think this game did really good for features. Yes. I still think there was some that they could have, they could have done, mm -hmm. um, but I love the quality of life improvements of this game. Yeah. But the only downside is they've made all of these quality of life improvements only for the game to be extremely handholdy and, and and interrupt you like every time you like go to a new area. You know. Yeah. No kidding. On that. <laughs> it's it's not just new areas in seven though. It's like every like mm -hmm. five feet. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I I do agree. It's still very handholdy. I do like the quality of life improvements in terms of making competitive much more accessible i liked i mean dynamaxing was cool i don't think it was as good as megas no no, no not I, th by far. I think i think dynamaxing and gigantamaxing i think is kind of I, I think it's, it's very kinda, gimmicky i think it's very gimmicky i agree too um it's like what if we just made these pokemon and made them big well especially since they <laughs> they full-on said it only happens in galar basically meaning after this generation this you'll is never see it again you yeah. never see it until we remake it if we right. do because i remember when people thought that bdsp was going to have uh 
Dynamax and Gigantamax in it, and it's it like, just doesn't it's work. like, why, why would it? Yeah, it doesn't work because like it's that. not, it's not in the same region, you right? Know? And, yeah, if, the, yeah, and yeah. If, the, if the lore's already said that it's going to only be in one region, then what's the point? Whereas, like, it's established that Megas are available in multiple regions. It's available in Alola. It's available in Hoenn. It's available in Kalos. So it's available in multiple places, which is, I think, they set Megas up well. But Dynamaxing, it's like, okay, the the concept Pokemon Kaiju's really cool. Yeah, but kind of lackluster design because yeah. it just combined <clears throat> megas with z moves and you don't increase in pa- in like the pokemon's power you just increase in the hp and the moves, the moves power, power. Yeah. yeah and uh, another feature I, I wasn't too crazy about was max raid battles i didn't really care for I those. Like those i think they were kind of gimmicky too that's kind of in the middle like like they were fun at times um they could they could be kind of like very time consuming yeah and, for sure Especially I mean, in the DLC, like the Max Raid Adventures and stuff. Like, I actually really like Max Raid Adventures because it made shiny hunting a lot of yeah, easier. Yeah, it was fun, but it also took like 25 minutes yeah, to get through true. one of them. It's true. I did get a shiny Kyoker from it, though. Nice. nice. Cool. All right, yeah. So Gen A, I think, has... I, I think it's setting the, the series in a good direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I think we're kind of starting to see a... Not necessarily a rebirth of the series, but like a reboot of the series where like with the Switch, they now have way more technological capabilities than they did on the 3DS and the DS and the GBA and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So I think I think Sword and Shield were a fine place to start Mm -hmm. for the fully 3D like where we're at in the Pokemon world. Mm -hmm. They got their feet wet. They got their feet wet. But I do think that they really need to strip down the handholding because I think that that would really that that'll turn away the older fans. Well, and what I, I really like about the Pokemon franchise with the exception of gen three, because they only ever did one on the game boy advance one generation. But the first generation they do on a new system is usually like, they're just trying to get their feet wet. Yeah, and then they, wonky. they really push the limits hard with the second generation for that. Gotcha. Cause sun and moon, I mean, X and Y they, it did really well for it, but it wasn't pushing the limits. Sun and moon were pushing the limits of the three. Yeah. But the 3ds, cause do. if you weren't using a new 3ds and using yeah. an old one compared to a new one, it ran slower on. Yeah. It was, oh, wow. it, 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 you would see it be super laggy in games. Like it, it's just, they try to push the limits. They want to know how the game worked or how yeah. the uh, console works. And then they want to push it to its capabilities. And I think that they're going to try with the next one, assuming they don't release a like switch pro at some point. Gotcha. I don't know if they're going to release a Switch Pro. I think the OLED Switch is probably as far as they'll go with it. I don't think Nintendo's trying to do anything like that. I, I mean, think so. There's there's all these rumors and stuff that always pop up, though, about like a, a Switch Pro or whatever, but who knows if it's actually going to happen. Because I, I don't think Nintendo would want to make a Pro version and then make games for the Pro version to make people who already own Switches yeah. obsolete. Like, like, I just don't see Nintendo being like a quote-unquote special edition company. Well, I mean, they did that with... 3ds versus new 3ds all games that were available for new 3ds were pretty much playable on the 3ds they just didn't run as well gotcha yeah that's a good point but that's a conversation for another day so yeah, um, yeah i really enjoyed Ooh, the, talking pokemon with you what'd you say i was just gonna say that would be kind of a fun conversation the, though was systems the last oh, we can we, we can tier systems that would be yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, yeah i think that'd be a fun one too the last thing i do want to bring on the subject before we wrap up and i'm so sorry but gen 9 not necessarily starters or anything like that what region do you hope it's based off of so my my top picks for Gen Nine are either Australia, um, Egypt, or Africa as a whole. Dang, I was gonna say Morocco. Okay. Um, or actually, I think those are my top two. Is some somewhere in Africa, preferably Egypt or Australia. Would my, be my top, top is two. definitely Australia. Um, I wouldn't mind uh, India, and I wouldn't mind Africa, or even like uh, su- Southwest United States. 
I think it'd be cool having a Pokemon game inspired by America. I think that'd be neat. There's two already. Oh, true. Okay, well, I didn't play those ones, I don't think. So. Yeah, you said you didn't play Gen 5. Gen 5 is based off of New York and okay. a little bit based off of Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh, so. I, well, I've been to both so of those places, go. but I haven't played either. I've been to yeah. New York with you. That's where I've been. Yeah, that's that's they need to have, that was a good time. They need to have a, gen, yeah. uh, a generation based off of a United States region that's replayable. Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon Gen 9. Wait, did, we actually, did, we, did, did we give our, our ranks for Gen 8, actually? Oh, no, we no, didn't. I don't think yeah. we did. We didn't. Okay. B. B mm, low C. I'm going to say mid C myself. Cool. So. Awesome. Okay, so but before we sign off, um, let's do a really quick thing. Um, we um, I try to do like a final wrap up at the end of the very tears for peers. So, what is your your favorite Pokemon and your favorite Pokemon game, individual game, starting with Cash? Favorite game, like including like remakes and stuff. Yeah, all of them. My favorite game of all time is Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Okay, uh, because Gen Two is my favorite region, mm-hmm. and it just kind of included all the Gen Four upgrades of like physical mm-hmm. special split. Yeah, um, following Pokemon. Yeah, all those and things. And the Pokewalker was super tight. Too. Yes, it was. That was cool. cool. But yeah, Heart Gold Soul Silver is definitely my favorite game of all time. Um, favorite Pokemon of all time is Starmie, the Staryu Starmie line. Nice. Um, been a fan of them since. I didn't know that. Yeah, they've, they've been my favorites ever since the first time I saw them in the anime. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't really know why. Um, I just they just kind of stuck with me. But. Gotcha. Uh, my favorite Pokemon I've already mentioned is Infernape, uh, based off of the Monkey King, a, a, some like mythological character that I, I've loved since I first heard about when I was young. Um, favorite game, honestly, would probably be Heart Gold Soul Silver Two because it still Dang. is Gen Four for me because you still get all the Gen Four Mons, you still get all the Gen Four features for the most part, but you get the benefit of playing through the amazingness that was the Johto region and the amazing post game it had. Gotcha. Um, so my favorite is also Soul Silver. Yeah. So uh, look at this. Uh, uh, um, yeah, I think they got Soul Silver really right. I mean, the the, the Gen Two is just fantastic, and I just loved how they didn't try to go overboard with the remake in it, and they like they just did the, the basic quality of life improvements and just said, okay, we like, we're, we just made a, a great game even better. Mm-hmm. Do you guys yeah. still have Heart Gold or Soul Silver? Yes, no, I unfortunately both. not. Yeah. I have Heart. I have Heart Gold, and I will probably never get rid of it because. Do you still have your Poke Walker? No, I, I, don't, oh, I don't. I don't actually. Know, well, I had to have got it whenever I first got I the have game. It somewhere. I don't know where. It's it's not my original Heart Gold. I bought one like a few years back. But gotcha. They're go, they're going for like seventy bucks now. Yeah, so like, I was like, I will never probably get Pokemon rid of that. Pokemon games age like Tesla stock. I'm serious. Yeah, that's really true. But yeah, it's it's hard. Gotcha. It's hard to find them in stock in the first place. But then when you do find them, they're like sixty bucks for a game. A that's game more depending on what game you're finding. Or more. Like yeah. I think Emerald. If you find a copy of Emerald, it's going for like eighty bucks almost now. That's nuts. But I think other than Heart Gold, I actually have a copy of leaf green still i think i have a copy of fire red but yeah gotcha i'm glad we're all in agreement on that that's kind of cool yeah that is cool and then my favorite pokemon is alakazam i love alakazam um and then my other favorite pokemon is actually i would probably say um there's a lot of cool um I'm going to say Dunsparce. Cool. I'm just kidding. Not Dunsparce. Dunsparce is weird. Why is it in a bug type? Why is it normal? That makes no sense. I don't sense. know why it's not a fairy or dragon type. Yeah. Well, whatever. It, hey, should, it shouldn't. R- rumors of uh, rumors of an evolution, though, in Legends. Yeah. Obvious, Dun- so. That'd be cool. And isn't Dunsparce... Okay, one last thing before we go. It, um, isn't Dunsparce one of the most useless Pokemon, but it's also one of the hardest to find in Gen 2? It's super hard to find. It's very hard to find in Gen 2. It's not very good. Yeah. But I think it just has like a 1% encounter rate in that mm-hmm. one cave. In, I, yeah. I forget what that cave's uh, called. It's not Turnback Cave. That's Gen 4. No. Um, dark Cave? Dark Cave. I think it's, it's just called Dark, 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 gotcha. dark Cave. Right gotcha. there before. Um, and there's Violet, no point Violet to Dark City. Cave besides getting Wobbuffet and Dunsparce. Yeah. Right. There's like nothing in there. But another. Okay, so um, Alakazam is one of my favorites. Okay, we got we to gotta wrap it up. Alakazam and Delibird. Uh, Delibird. So, Delibird. All right. 
So uh, thank you all so much for listening to episode four or three, excuse me, of Tears Trip Heroes, where we talked about Pokemon Generations. Uh, you can find me on all the social networks with the handle using the handle at STVN0092. You can hear my dogs, Hogan and Austin. Uh, be sure to follow for more content from the STVN network. The STVN network is also on Patreon. You can support our work monthly and receive bonus episodes. This keeps our content independent and ad free. Go to patreon.com slash STVN for more information. And Cash and Joe, where can we find you all on the internet? Um, I'm mostly on Twitter. You can just find me at Cash Bridges if you're interested. Um, I don't post a whole lot of exciting stuff, but I'm there. Um, I, I think the social media I use the most is Facebook because I'm a, I'm a boomer, boomer basically. <laughs> but um, I do stream occasionally, very occasionally. I probably will be streaming Dengaropa soon on uh, twitch.tv slash jtaga j-t-a-g-g-a nice awesome well gentlemen thank you all so much for joining me today we had a great time ranking all of the pokemon generations but for now this is steven this is joe and this is cash and we will see you all later bye